Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. So thanks for joining us as we follow Jesus together and draw strength from Him to fly like an eagle. Today, we're going to tackle the topic of modern-day Israel and whether or not modern-day Israel, the nation of Israel, started in 1948, was prophesied in the Scriptures. That is a common, very common belief in the United States uh, amongst uh, evangelical Christians, and we want to tackle that topic because I want to make a contention for you that modern-day Israel, the nation of Israel in the Middle East as it exists today, was not prophesied in the scriptures. So let me uh, let me set it up this way. We got to get our definitions, our terms right here. So let's set up a couple different terms that can kind of be confusing because they're used in different ways. So an Israelite is a resident of Old Testament Israel or Judah. So Israelite, so in other words, people today are not Israelites. People today, citizens of the modern day nation of Israel are called Israelis. So they are not Israelites today. They're Israelis. That's the term for them. Then we have the term Jew. Now, a lot of times people mistakenly apply the term Jew to people from thousands and thousands of years ago when actually the term Jew only came into existence about 500 BC or so. They are descendants of the tribe of Judah who were in exile in Babylon, also could be descendants of the tribe of Levi. Um, those are the tribes that are left, some people from Benjamin maybe, but that's about it. So they are Jews, and that term came into existence about 500 BC. Then you have the terms in the Bible, Israel and Judah are two different nations, two different kingdoms. So at one point, the nation of Israel in the Old Testament was a unified kingdom under King Saul, David, and Solomon. And after King Solomon, the kingdom of Israel split into Israel and the north, and Judah in the south, because it was the tribe of Judah in the south. The northern kingdom had 10 tribes. The southern kingdom just had uh, Judah. And so uh, there you go. And then there is the term Israel. And uh, this term can have a lot of different meanings in the scriptures. Uh, Israel can be the Old Testament nation, the unified kingdom. It can be, we just said, the northern kingdom after the kingdom was divided. The term Israel can be the modern nation of Israel. The word Israel can refer to the faithful descendants of Abraham, that is, ethnic Jews who are faithful uh, to the faith of Abraham. Or the term Israel can refer to those who are of the faith of Abraham, but without, uh, uh, no matter what their ethnicity would be. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can get a kind of a list of all those things. It's hard to keep track. Let me go over that in our minds again. Israel can refer to the Old Testament unified nation of Israel. The word Israel can refer to the northern kingdom after the kingdoms were the kingdom of Israel was divided. The term Israel can refer to the modern nation of Israel. The term Israel can refer to Jews who are faithful descendants of Abraham. Or, finally, it can refer to those who are of the faith of Abraham, no matter what their ethnicity. So you can see how this becomes quite complicated as you try to sort this all out. Now, 
for um, we'll say 19 centuries, and in fact for the whole history of the Christian church around the world, there was not a belief that the nation of Israel would be reconstituted based on biblical prophecy. But in the late 19th century, a guy named John Darby in England came up with this uh, theological framework for looking at Scripture. It was called dispensational premillennialism, dispensational theology. And uh, this was a time in history when uh, many uh, people were coming up with their own versions uh, of Christianity or non-Christianity, taking certain biblical teachings and then running with them all over the place. So it was the time when uh, the Mormon church started. It was the time when the Jehovah's Witness church started. It was the time when Christian scientists, Christian science church was started. And it was the time when dispensationalism came into being. In England in the 19th century, that particular strain uh, started by John Darby. That strain of theology has taken the English-speaking world by storm. It is completely unheard of, mostly unheard of, outside of the English-speaking world. But because John Darby was from England, it's kind of taken over the English-speaking world. And um, prominent uh, places where it is uh, promulgated are the Dallas Theological Seminary, for instance, in the United States the Ryrie Study Bible. Some of you may even have Ryrie Study Bibles on your shelves, the Schofield Reference Bible. Uh, it was popularized uh, a number of years ago by uh, in the Left Behind book series. And so there's, I don't know how many, there's a lot of books in the Left Behind series. Uh, so dispensational theology was popularized there. And so it's kind of taken America and American Christianity by storm. But this is a very late development in Christianity, and it is a misreading of Scripture. So what I want to do today is go through some Old Testament Scripture, New Testament Scripture, and look at uh, what the New Testament says about some Old Testament prophecies regarding Israel and see where they lead us. So let's take a look. Let's begin with Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus 19 in the Old Testament, God says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you, that is the Israelites, the at this time descendants, the faithful descendants of Abraham, Jew, well, they're not called Jews because it's before that time, but the ethnic um, Hebrew people, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So Israel would be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Keep that in mind. We're going to read another Old Testament prophecy here, but keep that in mind that this prophecy is that Israel will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, this is from, this prophecy is from the prophet Hosea. Gomer, who is Hosea's wife, Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter, and the Lord said to Hosea, Name this girl Lo Ruhamah, which means not loved. Wow, what a name. For I will no longer show love to Israel, that I should at all forgive them. God is just angry with Israel. In this case, the northern kingdom of Israel is what that refers to. Yet I will show love to Judah, the southern kingdom, and I will save them, not by bow or sword or battle, or by horses and horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. And that prophecy comes true. But that prophecy goes, we'll see, beyond just its immediate fulfillment with God saving Judah. We'll see that in a minute. But remember that they called the daughter not loved. Okay. Verse 8, Hosea chapter 1. After she weaned Lo Rumha, 
Gomer had another son, and the Lord said, Call him Lo-Ami, which means not my people, for you are not my people. Again, what a horrible name for a kid, but those kids were part of God's prophecy. So you are not my people, and I am not your God. Remember that, as God says that to the Israelites. Yet, verse 10, the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. So, some would take prophecies like this and say, look at that. In this very place, look now, Israel has been reconstituted as a nation. God must be fulfilling his prophecy. The current nation of Israel is now the favored people of God on the planet. Okay, you can see how that would happen. Let's move ahead though, and see how the New Testament, and we Christians are followers of the New Testament, how the New Testament interprets and what the New Testament does with these verses. First Peter chapter 2. Peter's a pretty important guy, wouldn't you say? Peter says, Now to you who believe, that is, ethnic Jews and ethnic Gentiles, to you who believe, the church, this stone, Jesus, is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is what they were also destined for. But you, the church, ethnic Jews, ethnic Gentiles, you, Peter's writing to, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So Peter takes these prophecies of God, these words of God, remember from the book of Exodus, about ethnic um descendants of Abraham, and he applies them to the church. He says, those prophecies were fulfilled in the church. You are a chosen people, verse 9. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you, the church, may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Here comes Hosea. This is the recall of the Hosea prophecy, verse 10. 1 Peter 2, 10. Once you were not a people. Remember that? But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy or love, as Hosea talks about it, but now you have received mercy. In other words, you, the church, are the fulfillment of what God was talking about there in Hosea. Yes, Hosea was fulfilled in a small way in that God saved the nation of Judah so many years ago by his own hand, but that's just a foretaste of the feast to come. That's a foretaste of the uh, overarching, larger, more magnificent, more wonderful fulfillment in the New Testament times, as now the church becomes the people of God, those who had received mercy. Not just Jews, not just ethnic Jews, but Jews and Gentiles receive the mercy of God. Or take a look at this from St. Paul in Galatians chapter 3. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And this is a Gentile church he's writing to. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have closed yourself with Christ. Now, Galatians 3, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, and he's writing to Gentiles, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So the fulfillment of this a promise of God, this choosing of God for the little nation of Israel in the Old Testament now takes on a much larger, magnificent form. You, whether you, whether or not you're an ethnic child of Abraham, you are Abraham's seed if you are in Christ Jesus. So for me, a Gentile, I am part of Israel. 
understood in the New Testament, this wider fulfillment of God's blessing. Last verse, Galatians 6, verses 15 and 16. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. In other words, being a Gentile, being a Jew, it means nothing. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. So now what's happening is the word Israel is, the the meaning of that word is broadening in the New Testament. It's not just ethnic Jews. It's not just ethnic Jews who believe in Jesus. But instead, it's being broadened by Peter and Paul to include Gentiles. Gentiles are now part of Israel in the New Testament. The fulfillment of these prophecies is not just in a little strip of land over in the Middle East to ethnic Jews. The fulfillment of these biblical prophecies to be part of the people of God goes way beyond that to both ethnic Jews and ethnic Gentiles. It goes beyond a little strip of land to one day we will receive a new heavens and a new earth. That's where the people of God will be constituted and live forever. All right. Sorry, one more verse for you, because it's a good verse, Romans chapter 9. In Romans 9, 10, and 11, Paul deals with this issue of what about the ethnic Jews who have rejected Jesus? Paul's heart goes out to them because he's one of them, and he loves them, and says, even though they've rejected Jesus, they still have a special place in God's heart, but that doesn't make them and this nation of Israel today a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. This is what he says in Romans 9, 1 to 8. I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption to sonship. Theirs the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs. And from them is traced the human ancestry of Jesus, who is God over all forever praised. Amen. So in other words, God has a special place in his heart for ethnic Jews. Nevertheless, verse 6, it is not as though God's word had failed. Now here comes the crucial piece. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. In other words, not not all who are descended from Jacob, who was renamed Israel, are Israel nor because are they his descendants, are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. So, the deal is, Gentiles now have joined this this church of God, this Israel of Scripture, Gentiles and Jews who believe in Jesus are now Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The fulfillment then of these Old Testament prophecies about Israel is the church. The church is established and will never fail. That's the fulfillment of these prophecies. If you want to find out more about this, if this is something you want to just research and dig into, there's a great book from, I think, 1983. So what does that make it? Like 40 years ago or so by Hans K. LaRondell. Uh, It's called The Israel of God in Prophecy, The Israel of God in Prophecy. And he goes into this in great depth and great detail. Uh, You can order it on Amazon. I looked up, there's a few copies still available. So uh, jump and get one of these, The Israel of God in Prophecy by Hans K. LaRondell. He's not a Lutheran, uh, so I don't agree with everything in the book, especially chapter 12. Uh, He has some mistakes in chapter 12, just to highlight that for you. 
But the bulk of the book is very good, and we'll uh, dive into more scripture about this whole topic of uh, how are these Old Testament prophecies about Israel fulfilled. Wow, that was a lot today. It's a pretty heavy topic. Hope you hung in there with us. Uh, thanks for listening. You can write us. We encourage you to do that at Eagles on the Hill. 211 at gmail.com. Let us know if you have followed along, what your thoughts are about this, if you have further questions about this, if you have other topics you'd like us to talk about. Remember as we close that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and soar. They will fly on wings like eagles. And we pray God's uh, promise over you today. Thanks.